listener. KickPod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast. The Yulikit Woolen Clan of the Boonwurrung, who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to our elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the KickPod, your DM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. One, two, three, four. Hello there. Happy birthday. <laughs> I was like, are you going to realise it's my birthday? Yeah, so this is, this is. We're pre-recording. This FYI, episode. This yes. episode. It's yeah. not actually Seth's birthday. But it is my episode. But it, it is, is when it drops. your birthday. Happy 30th birthday, Queen. <sighs> I just feel like I'm having my birthday so many, multiple times. It's great. Across so many days. But thank you. Now, we will have a special birthday episode. Okay. Yeah, coming, guys. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) To celebrate your 30th. Thanks. Okay? Okay. Okay. Today, though. It's not about that. No, no, (laughs) it is not. It is is about you, but it's also kind of something, also about something else. Okay? (laughs) Now, I I have to start with something that may sound a little bit controversial, Mm. but I just have to say it. I don't believe in resolutions. New Year's resolutions? To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. When we set ourselves these unrealistic expectations that will, in quotation marks, completely transform our lives, it honestly is only setting us up to failure. I think it's really important to ask yourself if your goals are something that you could comfortably and confidently continue for the entire year. Yeah. I'm about that. If you can, that's great. But resolution in transforming, overhauling everything, I just, I feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves. We do. And so if you are thinking about your, and this is obviously what this episode is all about, yeah. but if you're thinking about your your goals and the answer to that question in if you could comfortably and confidently continue it for the entire year is no, then I truly recommend revisiting them. And I think the most important thing, and we're going to talk about this today, but it's about creating small, sustainable changes that we are passionate about. Mm. And that is also why this year at Kick we are going against resolutions. Mm. And this year, as a part of this episode and then also as a part of, obviously, with Kick Health and Wellness in Jan, Mm. it's a very, very popular time because a lot of people are thinking, which is great, we're thinking about how can we feel healthier. This year. But at Kick, we don't want to contribute to the shit of, like, all that transformation stuff and the the overhaul. And it's even, like, all the crap about, like, don't worry what you did over summer with, like, Christmas food and, like, drinking. Like, you can, like, bounce back. And, like, I'm sorry. We are so against all that crap. I hope you had a very joyful time if you had any holidays and enjoyed yourself. But... Our challenge or like what we are putting out there from kick is not about feeling guilty for your break. Absolutely not. I Sorry just to swear, to but that. fuck no. Yeah, fuck Definitely no. not. And we did some research and what we found was on average, get this, only seven, seven. Mm. So that means 93% do not. Mm. 7% of people complete their resolutions, which is why we just wanted to make 2024 the year we focus on feeling good. And so mm. that is why. We're doing a feel-good challenge. We are doing a feel-good challenge. 
So within our Feel Good Challenge, you can kick it your way, depending if you're into Pilates, strength, or maybe running. We have some very new and exciting things dropping as a part of this challenge. So first of all, let's explain running, shall we? Because you're particularly bouncing out of your seat about this one, Laws. <laughs> yes, so maybe I am. you can explain what's involved in the run version of our challenge. So the run version of our challenge is brand new. We Mm. have launched a zero to three kilometre run program for the first time. Mm. I'm so excited about this. For anyone, the reason we wanted to bring this program out is for anyone that you want to run 3K, 5K feels a little bit overwhelming, which is absolutely fine. You want to build up gradually. This program is for you. You want to start your running journey. Maybe you haven't or revisit it depending on how long it's been. This program has been designed and in all of the, it's audio guided by me, designed by our physios, our amazing physio team at Upwell that support us at Kick. Big shout out to them. They are awesome. But it's been designed with the audio cues to break down our limiting beliefs because one of the biggest barriers that does disables us from being able to reach our goals is the limiting beliefs. And with running, it's I can't be a runner. Mm. I am not a runner. And so we set these goals like, Every year, you don't even think about it. You set a goal like, okay, I'm going to run 3K. But until you have worked Mm. on your mindset and you have broken down that barrier of that belief or that limiting belief that you are not a runner, you can't overcome it because we get to week three. You get in the challenge, right? Mm. You're building the habit. And that's why this challenge is all about building habits to set us up for the year that we are going to sustain. That's Mm. what this is about. It is not an overhaul. But as a part of building up the habits, the other habit we have to build is our mindset. Mm -hmm. And that mindset that I can do this because if you do not overcome that, it is so hard to sustain it. Mm -hmm. So that's what's built into the run program. Absolutely. And along with your three runs per week, you will also have a affirmation-based mindful practice with Sammy, who is our body love and self-confidence coach on the Kick app. So you can actually enjoy those affirmations, whatever challenge you choose, whether it's Pilates strength or run. She's got them across them all, which is super exciting. And if you do choose strength or Pilates, we also have brand new masterclasses as a part of those series. So if you choose Pilates, you've got two brand new classes with Kika. And then the third class for the week is a community favorite by Christina. And if you go strength, you've got two brand new classes with Danny and you've got one community favorite from Sammy. So it is really, really exciting. We cannot wait. I'm personally going to do the Pilates one. I am assuming you are going to jump on board the running challenge. Um, but we're just really excited to get started with you. And as Laura said, um, you know, this is our feel good challenge. That's the whole reason we're putting it out there. We know that a lot of you are looking to build some of those habits, but we wanted to ensure that they were going to be sustainable habits. So we hope you guys enjoy it. We have got up to 40% off at the moment, but that it's ending in four is days. literally ending in four days. On the so 14th. You've got to jump on it now if you are interested. If you do jump on, you can enroll in this challenge with us, which is super exciting. And speaking of setting sustainable goals and pushing through limiting beliefs, that is, and much more, what we cover with Danny in today's conversation. So keep listening for some golden nuggets of advice from our head trainer, Danny. If you've made it this far, I think (laughs) you're in for the long haul. Enjoy, everyone. Danny. Steph. Danny, what about 
about me? What about little old me? She got in first, so. <laughs> Our goal setting king. Oh, yeah. Nice, I'll He's the king. He's the king of goal setting. Get we going, often come, come to you. <laughs> and many other things, you know. But do you, do you uh, often go by King? Is that I feel like you don't vibe standard. King. That's the standard, yeah. <laughs> Reference usually. It's DJ King. <laughs> I just, anyone? No. Sorry, anyone going around calling yourself King? No. <laughs> that is a red definitely flag. King if you're calling yourself King. <laughs> but you must know by now that you're pretty good at this because we keep getting you back to talk about goal Can setting. Can I just say, what? Danny's validation in his work does not just come from no, us. I know. And but it must help. <laughs> it must help. It must help. This podcast once a year really does it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Full king status is activated when you do this. <laughs> When you come on the kick pod, that's Can what happens. Can you imagine every year Danny's like waiting? <laughs> I'm like, am like, I still good at this or not? Do I get the badge am of honour again? Will I succeed next year? <laughs> Will Seb text me about doing the pod? <laughs> we have got you on because I feel like when it comes to goal setting, uh, you need these, these reminders. It doesn't matter if someone's listening to a past episode because a refresher is always super helpful. Mm-hmm. And with some research that we went into at kick to figure out people's intentions in the new year with things like resolutions. We actually found that only 7% of people see out their resolutions and get to their end goal, mm-hmm. which was like pretty eye-opening. But also for me, I, I reflected on it personally. I was like, unsurprising. There's been Makes many sense. years of my life that I've never reached many of the goals. And yeah. that was before, I will say, meeting you and learning a little bit more about goal setting. But why do you think that is, that that stat is so low? I think there's a few reasons. I think the first one is that, you know, if we're thinking of resolutions or any goals realistically, they typically get set and then they get looked at again either at the end of the year (laughs) or in a few months' time or just never again. That's the first one and we'll touch on that in a second. The second one is that there's not much specificity around what that actual intention is. It's Mm -hmm. pretty broad, right? So in the fitness world, it might be getting in shape Mm -hmm. or it could be making more money with my job or finding a partner or whatever it is, right? But that's very broad. Um, if I use the example right now of, um, let's, let's use a materialistic example. If, if Laura said to me, like, I would love a new car. Mm. And then I just dropped off a new car at her house, but it was something that she would never drive. She would never be seen in. Right? right. What would it be? What would I never, never drive? A Ferrari. You would never drive no, a Ferrari. No. Yeah. Never. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd convertible. Take it back. Tough off. Rolling <laughs> Any, in. No, I would never drive that. But or in reality, ute. that's what you asked for. You asked for a new car and that's yeah. what you got. It wasn't very specific though. Also, so. it didn't work for it if it just got dropped off. Just got <laughs> so dropped what kind off. of world is this? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so it's not specific. Mm. And then the last one is that we just aren't, we don't actually put any thought to the actions or the habits that should be, that we should be aligning ourselves with in order for that to actually happen. Yeah. Right. And so when we set this goal or intention or resolution or whatever you want to um, classify it as, it's really important firstly to get very specific about what it is. And I always speak to people about, yes, we want to set like in a way realistic goals, I guess, but mm. there's, I kind of usually look at goals and intentions almost separately, to mm. be honest. Like, because if we look at a goal, right, it might be, right, for the, for the month of February, we want to get X amount of downloads on the podcast. And then we can look at what do we need to do? How many episodes we need to put out? How much should we market it? And there's kind of very clear actions that can be taken in order for that result to happen. When I think of intentions, I think more so like, 
often we set these intentions or even goals based off what we think is within reach or mm. what other people around us tell us are possible or what other people around us have done or what we genuinely think that we're capable of. And so often we set these targets that are usually like not far away from within reach. And so when we don't finish, when we don't follow through with them, it doesn't really make much of a difference because they're not that much different than mm. where we are right now. Mm. But at the same time, our, our motivation around it or our a genuine intention towards achieving is not really that great either. Mm. So I think when we set a specific target or a specific intention, it is really important to be consciously aware of it as often as possible, right? Mm. I always talk about how it's very similar to like paid advertising mm -hmm. on social media. Yeah. Mm. If I type in in Google that I want, a white, I want uh, this black t-shirt mm -hmm. or whatever brand it is, I then go on Instagram or Facebook and I see it, the yeah. ad for it yeah. over and over and over again. Now, whether or not I'm consciously aware of the ad, or whether I'm just subconsciously seeing it. Yeah. If I want it enough in time, I'll most likely buy it. Yeah. Because I've seen it that, that many times. So when I set an intention or when I get any of my clients to set intentions, I prompt them to be as consciously aware of it as often as possible. Mm. So that might be journaling about it and setting intentions every morning. It might be revisiting what that intention is. Could be sticking a sticky note up in your car or in your ha house or wherever it may be. Then the next part of it is actually aligning ourselves with what that intention is. Yeah. So let's say I want to squat a certain amount of weight um, mm. in 10 weeks time, but then I only squat every second week and I don't do any yeah. mobility. I don't take care of my sleep or my nutrition or anything like that. There's a massive misalignment between the two. Yeah. And I often talk, like this is kind of going a little bit deeper into it, I guess, but I often talk about frequencies like a, like a radio station, right? If you tell me, Steph, that you want to listen to whatever radio station in your car, right? And then your frequency on the channel is on a completely different channel. Mm. You can want it as badly as you want. You can tell as many people as you want, but you're not going to hear it because <laughs> yeah. there's just a massive misalignment. So it's yeah. very similar to our intentions and our goals. So part of that process is looking at the overarching goal or intention and then like working backwards. Mm -hmm. All right, what's within my control that I can take action on or the habits that I can instill or the, the thoughts that I can start thinking that are actually in alignment with what that intention or goal is. Mm -hmm and start taking action on it straight away because that also makes it a lot less overwhelming mm. because if we look at something and I often talk about how when people set goals, they see themselves down here and the goal is like all the way over there, mm. it's far away. So our brain instantly goes to like in between us and the goal, there's all this time, mm. space, effort, chances of things not going our way. And we're also basically saying that we don't have what we want to feel a certain way now. So often people will be like, all right, once I achieve this goal, I'll feel happy or yeah. I'll change my ways, I'll change my habits and mm. I'll be a better person or whatever it is. But what I think is more impactful or more um, successful in, in any goal or intention is starting to think to yourself, all right, what are the habits, the emotions, the thoughts, the, the feelings, everything that is in alignment with what that goal is? Mm. What, would, what type of version of myself would I be if I already had it? And then I kind of list out the emotions, the habits, the actions, the, the language, the thoughts, whatever else is, is tied to that intentional goal. And I start acting that way now. Mm. So now I'm coming back to the frequency thing. Now I'm on the same channel as the, the radio station I want to listen to. So it's not as much a, a matter of if, it's more so a matter of when. Mm. And part of that is it just removes a lot of the anxiety and the, the controlling kind of energy or forcing of like, when's it going to happen? Mm. Well, it still hasn't happened yet, so now I'm not as happy as what I should be because it hasn't happened yet. Whereas if I can go today, all right, this is how I'm going to feel when this happens. Mm. And I'm start acting like that and feeling like that now. And I know where everything I'm 
doing is in alignment with what that goal or target is. Um, I'm consciously aware of it, like the Facebook or Instagram ad. I'm always aware of what that intention is. The likelihood of me achieving it is so high because I've actually broken it down into smaller steps. I've aligned myself with the version of myself that I'd need to be in order for that to happen. Mm. And the best part is like our brain and body doesn't know the difference between a thought and reality, right? So if I'm literally sitting here with you girls and I've got this intention that may not happen for 12 months, but I'm already feeling like it has happened and I'm acting like the type of person that I would be if it had happened, then I've already got it. Like yeah. I, I'm not sitting here feeling like I, I want or need anything at all because I'm, I'm, I'm that version of myself now. And in the end of the day, like I said, the only reason we ever want anything is realistically because of how we think we'll feel when we get it. It's so interesting because I think for me, I think to like wanting to do a pull-up and all yep. the training we did to get there, like it was a process and there was a lot of work and, you know, repetitiveness to get there. But also I remember there being days where just like mentally I didn't believe I could do it or like mentally I just felt weak, I didn't feel strong mm -hmm. and I did suck at them on those days and I needed extra resistance, even if I had done the training. So I feel like it's it's not just kind of the work if we're talking about a fitness goal, it's not just mm -hmm. the work and the the kind of repetitiveness in your training. It is really truly believing like that you've got this. That's a good example, right? Let's say you were someone who could do pull-ups whenever you wanted to. Mm. What would that look like from your training or your headspace or your nutrition or your recovery in terms of like a person who does pull-ups a few times a week, right? So instead of you going to yourself, all right, I should probably do pull-ups this week because I really want to be able to do one. Mm. You'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to train you know, three times this week, uh, I'll do pull-ups each time I go in because someone who can do pull-ups would obviously practice them often, right? And there's always going to be days where things aren't don't feel as good mm. as they do other days, and that's completely fine. If you were if you were consistently doing pull-ups and you had a day where you just weren't feeling it and you couldn't do it, you wouldn't be sitting there thinking to yourself, oh, man, when am I ever going to be able to do a pull-up? You'd just be like, oh, today's not the day. I'll do them next session. And, yeah. and you wouldn't base your level of happiness or mm. productivity in that workout based off this one exercise. Or your self-worth based off whether or not you could do three or four pull-ups or you only got one today. It is what it is. Like mm. you wouldn't base, I think that's the problem is that we set the, these goals or intentions and coming back to your question because I feel like I didn't really answer it properly. <laughs> Why most people don't get there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, so part of it is has Probably to be something that means something to you. Just said. <laughs> has to be something that means, means something that's to you, That's a right? really good point. Yeah. And so that's the thing. Like, I use that example of paid advertising. If I just type something in that I don't really care about and mm. I see a few ads for it, I, it I'm not going to buy it or I'm not going to purchase it or I'm not going to go any further with it. But if it genuinely is something that I really do care about, and again, I'm aware of it all the time, every time I'm on social media or whatever, the likelihood is so high that mm. I am going to eventually get that thing or, or take that um, next step in some point in time. And yeah, I think it needs to mean something to be consistently aware of it really important that we break it down to the point where it's not overwhelming because mm. these these big goals are intentions. There's so many things that happen before that is an outcome. Mm. You, know, you know what I mean? So the pull-up one is obviously a good example. It's like, oh, I need to start looking at what I'm doing with my nutrition or how many times can I realistically train every week on a busy week? Mm. Like, am I going to set myself a target of training six times when I can only get there three times? So then I'm going to set myself up from the oh, failure yeah, right yeah. from day one or am I going to do it in a way that's enjoyable that's sustainable and that I can actually adhere to. Mm. Otherwise, it's it's useless, isn't it? Mm. And it's true because even if you do set a goal and then you break down the kind of road to get there, if that road is still super overwhelming, mm. then, then you can like look at changing that goal maybe. It's like it, you have to know how you're going to get there. And if it's not going to fit into your lifestyle, yeah, don't set yourself up to fail. But I think what you said earlier about it <laughs> made me laugh because 
I reckon five years in a row I had on my like goal setting list to do the splits. Yeah. Means oh, nothing yeah. to me. Why? Like I honestly, yeah. maybe it would have brought me joy for like five seconds when I finally did it. Mm-hmm. And and it's, I never did it, right? I could do it when I was a really kid. Because you didn't care about it. Because I didn't really yeah. care about it. Yeah. And so like I would always laugh at myself why at the end of the year. Like why did I do though? this? Because I saw someone on Instagram that's, doing it that's and the I looked other cool. Thing. And that's where I think with where resolutions are different to goals. Because resolutions, when I, was, I was sorry, I was on my phone before I was Googling the definition of a New Year's <laughs> resolution. That's right. And it's a firm decision, I mean, according to Google and the Oxford Dictionary, that's a pretty good source, <laughs> I would say, the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> it's a firm decision made on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day to do or refrain from doing something over the course of the coming year. And I think too with that is it's just the whole idea of most of resolutions, I would say, like, I'm going to stop eating junk food or mm. I'm going to start exercise, whatever it is. Mm. They're all, like, can be positive, but I feel like when they're been done based on we see there's kind of like this general list of probably yeah. 10 yeah. that come on our list yeah. and like I mean doing the splits is a little bit niche but it's also <laughs> maybe if we extended that list to like 30 I'm sure it would be in there with flexibility it's like actually finding if you want to make changes mm-hmm. I mean it's a nice time to do it because you have a little bit more time to reflect but thinking through the why and then also not just doing it because everyone else is doing it. And as you Mm -hmm. said, be more specific, Danny. I wondered if you could break down because I think for a lot of people listening, something that they might want to do, we have a lot of people in our community that might want to start running. Mm. And I'm sure there'll be people that have put on their kind of resolution list every year, like I'm going to run 10K. And then that's just like, like they haven't then got the goals of how they're going to break it Mm -hmm. down. How would you go about the process if someone said, you know, I want to start running, if that was how they would have usually framed it, how would you help them reframe it and then help them kind of put the steps in to actually be able to achieve it? But making sure that's something that they actually really mm. want and they're not just doing it because like it's whatever and puts on their resolution list. Yeah, that is a good question. And I think part of that as well, you know, as you said, we, we list all these things down, whether it's cutting out this, cutting out that, doing this, doing that. And a lot of the time, a question that I get people to ask themselves is, is this something that you are completely fine with doing ongoing yeah. after this year? Yes. Right? Because again, you're setting yourself up for failure if you're saying to yourself, I'm going to do this for 12 weeks. So basically what you're saying from day one is that I'm counting down the days until I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> so of course, there's no real enjoyment in that, right? There's, mm. and, and the likelihood of you actually changing any habits that are ongoing is very minimal. Mm. Because you've already made, you've already declared that you, you're going to stop this after a short period of time. Mm. And so, yes, it is important, you know, if that you've got the goal of ticking off your first 10-kilometer run. It may not be something that you want to do every weekend mm. after that. So that's completely fine. But as we've spoken about, we need to reverse engineer that a little bit. So it might, if you're going from absolutely nothing, mm. it's like, all right, you're not going to go out the first week and try and run 5K mm. or even no. 3K, right? It's like... How can I break this down? And I'm saying nothing, like no, someone that's not currently active. So they're not Mm -hmm. doing any activity at all. Yeah. Not doing any activity at all. Obviously following a program like the Kick Run program would be, would be great. But I think it's just starting very, very, very minimal, Mm -hmm. right? And and setting, and also looking again, like what's sustainable for me? If I'm, if I'm saying I want to run 10K and I want to do it within two or three months, then maybe I extend it out to five or six so I can do this in a period of time that I'm comfortable with, that I'm allowing for maybe getting sick or an injury or a niggle or busy weeks or whatever. And I'm not trying to, I'm not feeling bad about the fact that I haven't met this target. So figuring out, all right, what things do I actually need to do? So as part of this, it might be looking at 
getting some running shoes or it might be looking mm. at, all right, I need to start taking my nutrition a little more seriously and, and fueling my body properly, looking at getting adequate sleep. Um, you know, if you've never done any running before, it might be getting advice on, on where to start and, and how to start that, that journey, I guess. And then setting little milestones. So it might be at right, the end of month one, I'm going to be up to this distance. Mm. And to do that, I'm going to break that down by two or three sessions a week. Mm. First session, I'm going to do it, or first week, it might be like, I feel like I could have done more, but I'm going to stop early. So then I allow my body time to, to progress and, and gradually build. And, and I think I probably should have said this before, but part of that process, something that's really important that not many people ever think of doing, is typically when we set an intention or a goal, we look at, all right, what do we need to add in? And a really important part of any intentional goal setting process is actually doing a bit of a stock take on your life at the moment. And that includes like things you're doing, you know, the, the places you're going, the where you're spending your time and the people you're spending time with even that's to some degree and going, what can I actually remove or at least reduce in order to create time and energetic space for this to actually be received or to, for this to be a reality? Because if I'm saying I want to run 10K in three months or whatever the goal is, and I know that realistically, I'm going to get a chance to maybe do one run a week, if that, some weeks. I'm laughing. It's, a, it's that like was I haven't me. created any time or space <laughs> for that to happen. So it's not always about adding more in. Sometimes it's about just removing stuff. Yeah. Is it, you know, instead of spending that time, I don't know, all this time on, on social media or, or at home mm. watching Netflix or whatever it is, is it starting to look at, all right, if I'm serious about this, what, where are some of the areas that I need to actually mm. sacrifice or change a little bit? to align with this goal and actually make it a reality. So hopefully that answers the That's question a little bit. so good. I know for me this year, my God, I actually laugh at them now going back at what I put on my goal list. Mm-hmm. was like learn French, do yeah, 20 minutes of French a day. Start, I was like, do, what? I think I wanted to read one book a, a week. Do a, I, Honestly, all I need to think about when I set my goals is actually instead of being like how, because I kind of have had this mind space of like, I need to be doing more. Like how can I improve myself or whatever? And I just end up with this adding like 10 things onto my plate that's already overflowing. And it's like, where's it going to fit, right? Yeah. And so it's like, but I could have achieved more of them if I had of, if, if it's what I really, really wanted, right? But I had to take things off to be able to swap that in. Mm. Well, there's no, I can even say from like my job perspective, right? If I'm saying that I want, I want to, uh, bring in all these new clients and then I look at my week and there's literally like <laughs> no not a half an hour spot <laughs> where I can do something for myself. Like I actually don't want, you know, 30 or 40 new <laughs> clients. Like I'm saying that I do, but there's a massive mismatch again. Mm. And so, yeah, it, it makes sense for me to go, all right, well, if I'm serious about this goal, maybe I cut back on what I'm doing over here or maybe I create more time here because like I, and I think the important thing to understand is that like, any growth or change requires some form of discomfort or an unknown or an unfamiliar type of feeling or, or outcome, right? Mm. We're not going to get anything new from doing the exact same things or something that's familiar or, or comfortable, right, a lot of the time. And so once we understand that, it's like, all right, well, I know that there's going to be some form of resistance or discomfort towards achieving this thing and something that I'm not familiar with. So that, that from the unfamiliar thing might be like, all right, for you, Laura, it might be like, all right, I'm going to create four or five hours of my week where I have absolutely nothing in there. Mm. I'm not going to schedule anything mm-hmm. because how do I, how, I don't know what that might um, bring me or like what, uh, how I might feel in those periods of time or how productive I could be in all the other areas of time if I actually just had four or five hours where I haven't got anything planned. Mm. You know, so again, it's just creating time and space for you to actually receive mm. new stuff or something different. 
because you will not see a different outcome doing the same thing that seems familiar, that seems comfortable and, and that you've just so familiar with. Like it make, doesn't make any sense. Even if you say to me, you know, um, I want to improve my running and you're going to do a 3K run around the same track in the exact same time, two or three times a week, every week for the year. After a few weeks, you're not going to get any fitter or, or improve your running. You're going to get really good at running 3K in that time around that same track. And so that's not a bad thing. But if your goal is to, to see growth or change, there has to be something that is slightly uncomfortable or slightly unfamiliar that will give you a different result. Okay, this one comes up a lot. I want to move more next year. This is their goal. Very obviously, very general. We need more specific. Mm. So what are the questions this person should ask themselves and like literally write it down on a notebook? If someone yeah. came up to you and said, I want to move more, Danny. Which is great. Which is great. Well, the first thing I would ask is, what do you enjoy doing? When you say move more, yep. what movement do you actually enjoy doing? Yep. Let's so that move, movement yep. might be walking. That might be swimming, riding. It might be a group fitness class. It might be doing a kick workout. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like whatever that is, is completely fine. All right, so what are you doing right now? It might be nothing. It might be one bit of this movement per week, mm -hmm. whatever. And then we go, all right, well, what does your week look like and how much can you commit to in terms of moving more? Yeah. might be three days a week. Okay, okay, cool. So by more, and again, we're assuming they're doing nothing at the start maybe. Yeah, or little 10 maybe. minutes is more, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 15 minutes is more, 20 minutes is more, two minutes is more because they're not doing anything at the moment. So we might set that target, right? First week, we're going to do 15 to 20 minutes of movement and that could be anything but I think it's very important to actually decide what that is that yeah. movement is mm -hmm. right from the start and that can change anytime that you like mm. but again it's just getting specific on what you're actually saying mm. so then you have something that you're committed to and, and that you can be accountable to so if that movement is a kick workout three times a week all right I'm going to do a kick workout three times a week and then I get a month in I'm like all right I'm ready to move more mm. so that extra movement might be okay I'm going to start doing a run once a week. I'm going to start off at five to 10 minutes and then the next week I'm going to go to 15 and then 20 and then I get comfortable with that and I want to move more. That might be going for a walk a couple of times a week, listening to a podcast or whatever. So the, the answer to all of that question realistically is clarify what you mean. Yeah. Just clarify what it is. And I genuinely think that any form of exercise or training, the most important thing is enjoyment. Mm. Because if I enjoy what I'm doing, the likelihood of me following through with it Hundred percent is so much higher than if I say I want to move more. I'm going to swim three times a week. Uh, if you say I don't know if you see me in a pool, <laughs> but I'm like a rock, like I basically float to the like sink to the bottom. So I'm not going to want to do that. Same mm. here because you got to wash your. I just the cap, the cap is the barrier for me. Barrier. I yeah, I, I probably wouldn't put a cap on. You would need one day hair so long. It's longer yeah, than Seth's. It is. <laughs> it actually is, isn't it? Um, but yeah, just just clarifying what that is yeah. and and setting some benchmarks and. And, you know, you said the word right at the start, like about realistic and stuff mm. as well. And, you know, we may have this goal of doing this or this intention of doing this massive thing down the track, but that doesn't just happen. Mm. It doesn't just happen out of nowhere. Mm. There, there's all these steps that are required along the way. And just knowing that if I take it nice and slow and I gradually build it up, then eventually when I do this big thing I want to do, it's actually going to feel good mm. and it's going to feel enjoyable and it's going to be easier and it's going to be more comfortable to get done in comparison to me to setting this thing hoping for the best, going out and doing it and it, the experience not being enjoyable whatsoever because the likelihood of you ever wanting to do that again is also quite low. Mm. I think that's the thing that happens a lot in the with any kind of health and fitness goals. It's a few things that I've mentioned today. It's 
it's just setting an unsustainable and unrealistic realistic target right from the start. It's pairing like this, achieving this goal with just like almost a negative relationship with it. Like thinking that like, oh, all right, in order for me to achieve this or to whatever it is, I have to do all this stuff that requires all the discipline in the world. Like I need to give up all of this stuff that I enjoy doing just to try and get this thing. But again, you're kind of just setting yourself up for failure from day one because you have you literally have no intention of mm. of following through with that and actually changing it all. I see this a lot with like um, fitness challenges, right? It's like when it's based around weight loss, mm -hmm. right? Like it might be in eight weeks, you're going to try and lose, lose as much weight as you can. To me, that's pointless. And the analogy I talk about often is like, if I said to you, or you've already got your brand new car, so if I say to you, Steph, <laughs> if I say to you, Steph, um, you can have a car as well, right? I'm like Oprah, right? You can all have cars. <laughs> Thank you. Um, if I say to you, tell me what your dream car is, and in eight weeks, if you work an unrealistic amount and train an unrealistic amount, and you, you don't have to enjoy any of it whatsoever, mm. but you have to be, do the most unsustainable stuff for the next eight weeks, mm. and I'll give you this brand new car. Mm. But after two weeks, I'm taking it back. Would you do it? I love what you that just did there. That is such a good that analogy. Is so good. But seriously, man, everyone yeah, does man. that when it comes to like <laughs> fitness challenges. It's like you're literally signing up for something yes. and saying to yourself, oh. I am going to do something that I'm not going to enjoy any bit of it for eight mm. weeks so I can look really good or feel really good for a week or two. Um, because I haven't actually changed any habits, yeah. I'm going to go back to what I was doing before. I'm literally saying from day one, I'm going to do this for a short period of time then go back to what I'm doing now and then you know I might do it again later in the year. It's like who wants to do that? Because if you're not if you're not doing sustainable habits and you're not enjoying it, it's just not gonna like I completely agree. And also for anyone listening, um, my dream car is a vintage uh, convertible cream VW. Thank you. <laughs> if anyone wants to drop <laughs> that off, yeah. That. <laughs> um, just for two weeks. I though. loved that though. How you said it, just yeah, take it away because it's true. I love that because it's overhaul. That's the thing. It's like I think all a lot of these challenges and and obviously at Kiki we do challenges, but when we do them, they're built on this kind of sustainable mindset of kind of like that move more goal. It's that of, okay, if you're starting out doing three sessions a week that are like, and they're, it's based around two, like a little bit shorter on a Friday because yeah. we know mm. our motivation is like not as good on a Friday, right? But just being active mm. because for, for obviously our physical health, we want to do at least 150 minutes of movement each week for our, to keep our organs safe, yeah. you know? We want to do live that. Long. That's important to live long. Exactly. But it's about, building, using the challenges, if you are doing them, to set habits that you mm. can sustain. So you're right. If you do some challenges, like eight, like there was one, I will not name them, but there was one thing and it was like you had to do two workouts a day, six days a week. Like that's not like for eight weeks and hardly anything. I had friends that did it and like they were faint. Yeah. So they were feeling faint. Yeah. And then it's like you go, you get to the eight weeks. That's not sustainable. You're never going to do that. Mm. I also haven't, just haven't learned anything. Exactly. As you said before, challenges aren't bad. Yeah at all no. um, and it's all relative too right as you yeah. said it's like the the difference that someone sees in progression from let's say week one to week eight doing like a kick challenge mm. can, like you might have one person here mm. and their end goal is this and the other mm. person's end goal is down here but they've both made significant amounts of progress it's just all relative to where they started but the most important thing is like educating and actually gaining knowledge and changing habits mm. So, so there's nothing wrong with challenges whatsoever, but it just depends on what the outcome is and how you get there. Mm, yeah, and, and how different it is to your day-to-day. -day. 100%, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. There's so many things I could say about, like, different challenges and stuff like that, but, yeah, I, I just think if you haven't changed as a person or if your habits haven't changed at the end of it, 
it's not a success regardless of how much weight you've lost or yeah how hard you've trained and you know you see it all the time like even gyms like rewarding people for who does the most sessions this month mm. it doesn't make any <laughs> sense it's like and, and you know doing two sessions a day there's no way that you're training at the intensity or the quality that you should be in either of those sessions mm. because you're like quality over quantity mm. realistically is what I'm trying to say. I would actually, I know this is like much more, like we're talking about goals and it's mm. much more than just fitness, but just quickly on that, because mm. I've heard that come up in the kit community quite a bit with like around fitness goals and stuff like that. One question actually came up, yeah, not long ago about they're really excited to be doing the lift program, but they're still like pairing it with master classes mm -hmm. and they're working out like six days a week. Like full, obviously, you know what mm. the lift workouts, they're not like super easy. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah. the body, but also doing master classes on top of that. And so what I'd said to them from what I've learned from you mm -hmm. was it might not necessarily, like they might not be giving their body enough chance to actually kind of recover before the next session. Yeah. So what do you, how does someone figure out what, like they might have all the time in the world so they could go to the gym every single day if they yeah. wanted to, yeah. but like what's actually best, how does someone figure out what works best for their body? And we're not talking about athletes because obviously they have to train to a certain level. Yeah. Just your everyday person who's wanting to maybe progress in their strength and fitness. Mm -hmm. How do they figure out what's like a good amount? Yeah, yeah, amount. All right. So there's a few things we can look at. The The first one is are you actually making progress each week? Mm -hmm. That's a really good indicator, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if I'm doing six sessions a week, mm -hmm but I'm doing the same thing every week and I don't feel like I've actually progressed in fitness or strength or anything, then obviously something's not working. Mm -hmm. So let's say it's the pull-ups, right? Week one, uh, I can't do any bodyweight pull-ups and I'm using assistance. And then by week five, I'm using the same assistance doing the same reps. I haven't improved really at all. So you got to think of like, it's diminishing returns, right? Mm. We can get to an, a, a point where we are doing too much, where the body's not recovering enough in time before the next one, that even though we're training hard, we're actually not seeing much progress. We're actually just dropping down because we haven't given ourselves enough time to rest. So the quality over quantity thing is is so important. And, and so many people that I work with as well, like the first thing I do is actually strip back how much they're doing, mm. you know, start getting them to eat a little bit more or whatever. And typically what people find is like, wow, I'm actually seeing results Feeling so much stronger, faster yeah. than what I was before. Because as I said about the two sessions thing, right, there's no way you're doing training at the right quality or intensity in both of those six, seven days a week. So instead of doing six sessions, why don't we go back to four? Mm -hmm. And each one of those sessions, we increase the intensity a little bit, focus on quality, mm. make sure we're progressing. And if we are progressing, we don't need to do six sessions a week mm. because we're making progress each week and, and we're improving and you know we're feeling stronger, fitter, mm. healthier, whatever it may be. And so there's nothing wrong with training six days a week mm. or five or four. There's nothing wrong with training three or two times a week. Mm. It's more so about is my motivation for these sessions actually there or am yeah. I just doing it because I feel like I need mm. to do it or I feel guilty if I don't train? Yeah. Am I seeing progress? Uh, is my sleep quality okay? Is my moods okay? Is my energy levels throughout the day okay? Um, or am I just doing this because I've got myself to a point where I feel like I need to? Mm. So I say even to Danielle all the time, she loves training now and she will train, you know, maybe five times a week. Mm. But I say to her all the time, she could see the exact same results if she did three sessions a week. And so she feels good physically and mentally training. So you yeah. know, train five days a week, it's great. But in terms of seeing a result, improving strength or mm. fitness or your health, or whatever it is, you can see incredible results not having to train every single day. Yeah. 
And I think part of that is that you end up looking forward to the sessions so much more too. Mm. If I'm training four days a week and there's three days where I'm not training, then when I go into training, I'm so excited to do it. Yeah. Whereas if it's just like anything, when we do too much of something over a long period of time, we lose the motivation mm. to it. And in time, we just have to look at it and be realistic with ourselves. Like, have I actually improved or mm. on strength or my fitness at all in this last period? If I haven't, then something probably should change. Yeah. And yeah. if I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest part of it as well, as I said, is just the the mental relationship with it. Like, Because yeah. I, when I was younger, I was so bad with this. Like I would overtrain, mm. undereat, and genuinely feel guilty if I didn't train once or twice a day, realistically, right? And it wasn't until I actually stripped it all the way back and allowed my body time to recover, allowed, you know, my body to not be in a constant state of like inflammation and fight or flight realistically, because mm. that's what it is. Your cortisol goes up so high that it's difficult to do anything mm. properly when your cortisol is always high. And as soon as I changed that and just understood that it's okay to have a rest day, it's okay to eat a little bit more. I don't need to to train the hardest session I've ever done every single day. Mm. As long as I'm making a little bit of progress and I'm enjoying being in there, I started seeing so much better results. And more importantly, like my my mental relationship with training and food just yeah. improved drastically to the point where it w I wasn't like emotionally attached to a workout or mm. food or whatever it was. It was more so like I just really enjoy doing this and my body feels good and, and things are all working well. So let's just keep going. And if there's weeks where I do more, then great. But it's not because I feel like I have to. It's just because I wanted to. And that's sustainable. That's yeah. what a sustainable habit is. Yeah, yeah. What about mindset and mental blockers for achieving goals? Because we've kind of spoken to thinking about the, the more tangible things like time, for example, mm. that mm. gets in the way. And if you don't have time and you put a goal on, it doesn't work. But I feel like in terms of the mental element, there are also so many blockers mentally. Mm -hmm that disable us from being able to achieve things and it's why we might put things on every year and they just don't get achieved because we haven't actually addressed the big, like the mindset element. Yeah. Uh, so there's two parts of this that I usually look at. The first one is uh, what we're wrapping our identity to, mm. um, which is a big problem a lot of the time. And then the second one is limiting beliefs, which every single person listening to this show has limiting beliefs. And we always will. It's more so a matter of working through them and being aware of them. But the identity part is, and this is probably a little bit different to that question, I guess, but with identity, I think it's really important just to mention it is that you, you always have to understand that, you know, Steph and Laura um, are not uh, fitness influencers or they're not, they're not business owners or they're not, how can I explain this? We, we need to make sure that we don't tie what we do mm. to who we are. Yes, yes. Okay, so that was a really poor way of explaining it, but... <laughs> Um, think of an athlete, right? Yeah. LeBron James, one of the best basketballers of all time. Mm -hmm. He is not a basketballer. He is a human who plays basketball. Mm -hmm. And if he decided tomorrow that he was going to do something else, then he's still a great human. He just does something different now. Yeah. Right? And I think we need to understand that as well, is that when we're trying to make any change, sometimes we can tie our identity to what we've done previously mm -hmm. or what our past looked like or whatever version we feel of ourselves now. And that can be difficult to shift. So when we bring that focus back and have more perspective on like, all right, what type of person do I want to be? Because mm. it's not necessarily, even with goals and intentions, it's not necessarily about the things we do. It's more so about the person we are mm. and the person we become in terms of when, whether or not we, we achieve these intentions or goals. So the way I explain limiting beliefs is that typically they arise from, you know, past experiences, repeated thoughts, repeated actions or behaviors or, or traumas or, or whatever it may be from the past usually. But it is important to stand that they don't just show up one day. 
right? And so that's a, it's kind of a good thing to understand because it means that we can reverse those and change them as well. So it's just like when we create a good habit, a self-limiting belief is something that has occurred over time to the point where we now subconsciously just believe it. And the way that I think of it is it's like you're wearing a set of goggles, right? And everything, everything that you see, the way you perceive certain things, the way you make decisions, your actions, your thoughts to yourself is all based off these beliefs that we have. Now, if these beliefs aren't true or they're not aligned with the type of person you want to be, then you can see how very quickly it makes it very difficult to change the outcomes in your life. And that's why people tend to end up in the same outcomes over and over again that aren't desirable. You know, we might get triggered by certain things or we might have a lot of resistance toward, towards certain things. And part of that is a self-talk that we have to ourselves, and whether or not we genuinely believe that we can make these changes or achieve these intentions or goals. Now, if I'm doing all the work about what I want to change or, or the goal intention I've set for myself, but internally I'm constantly telling myself that I can't do it, mm. right? Or I'm constantly saying I'm not good enough or I'm constantly saying that, oh, well, I can't do this because I didn't have this, this, and this, or this person only achieved that because of X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. Whether or not we genuinely believe we can or we can't do something, either way we're right. Mm. And so that's really important to understand. And so with limiting beliefs, I think it is important to start to identify like what they are. And part of that is just more awareness, more self-awareness mm. and just asking yourself the question more, right? So it's like, all right, well, how come every single time I try and do this, I end up in this same outcome, mm. even when I do different stuff, like even when I take different approaches to it, I still end up in the same outcome. And that, that might be improving your health and fitness. That could be absolutely anything, right? It could be in a relationship even. How come I end up in the same outcome over and over again, no matter what I do? So then you've got to start to question, well, maybe it's not everyone else or all of the external stuff. Maybe it's like something from within. And so, all right, what, what am I constantly telling myself when I'm going to make a decision or when I'm perceiving certain things? And, and you just need to look at like, is this true? This is a question I say to people all the time. When someone says to me like, oh, I want to start a business, but I just, I'm just not going to do it because I'm not good enough. I just, mm -hmm. I just can't do it. And I say, all right, well, is that actually true? <laughs> and they're like, well, no, not really. I'm like, well, all right. So now we need to have a look at, well, what's all the evidence to suggest otherwise? So if someone's saying, I'm not good enough, so I can't do this. Mm. Like, well, list out all the good things about you or mm. all the things that your friends love about you or all the things that you've achieved or the progress you've made in the last year or two and just read them out loud. Mm. And we look at them and we go, oh, that's pretty, like, that's pretty good. There's not many negative things there. There's not many things to suggest that I'm actually not good enough, is there? Yeah. And typically, or almost always, these limiting beliefs, as I said, are tied to something from previously or, yeah. you know, in our past, right? And, you know, the relationship one's a good one. It's, it's like something happens in a relationship when you're younger and you carry that same, mm -hmm. Thinking same mindset, that same limiting belief into every relationship you have. And so it might be like, I'm not good enough. And every time I find someone good, within a few months, they, it's going to break down. The only reason that ends up happening is because every couple of months, every, you know, two months into a new relationship, all of a sudden you're starting to think that. And so you change as a person and the whole energy between you changes. And then it probably breaks down and you, you know, you reaffirm that same story to yourself. Yeah. So you're re, re it. But when we look at the evidence to, to have a look at, well, why that limiting belief is not true, the next important thing is we need to replace that belief with something that is aligned with the person we want to be or, or that is true. And so the process begins of, of reversing the, the limiting belief, just like we do when we set a new habit. So it starts with awareness. So it might be at the end of the day today, I get home and I grab out my journal and I reflect on the day and I go, all right, 
how many times did like that limiting belief come up today? It might be like when I'm in here recording with you two, there's something that, that I say or do or something I'm thinking to myself and I'm like, oh, there it is. Like that's that limiting belief. And so I start to just reflect on it and literally journal about it. Next week, it might be like 10 minutes after I've done it, I go, oh, I just did that thing again and I'm trying to change it and I need to replace it with this belief. And the following week, it might be like in the moment, I'm thinking, I'm like, why, why am I doing this you again? Like I know this earlier. is not true. And then a month down the track, before it even happens, I'm like, all right, this is how I would mm. usually respond. And my body and my brain are telling me to respond this way because that's easy. Like that's safe. That's familiar. That's what I've been doing for the last five years. But if I need, if I want a new outcome, like I said to you before, or it's like something has to change. You have to do something different and unfamiliar and, and most likely uncomfortable. So you can either respond as the same version of yourself, which is easy, and then have an outcome that you don't like. Or you can respond as like this highest version of yourself with the new belief, which is difficult and you have a really positive outcome and things start to change. And then the more times we do that, just like any habit, it becomes automatic. It becomes almost programmed into us that we've just changed this belief. And that's why it's so important to have that self-awareness and whether it's journaling, whether it's having conversation, like honest conversations with your friends, whether it's doing regular stock takes on what's been happening in your life and, and starting to look at, well, why is this continuing mm. to happen? And just being honest with yourself because, yeah, this the limiting belief side of things holds so many people back yeah. from the outcomes or the life they want. And it's sad when you think about it, but it's also exciting to understand that it's all, you can we're responsible it. for yeah. all of it. And everything, something that I say to people all the time lately is that not everything in your life will be your fault, but everything is your responsibility. Mm. So it may not be my fault that I've got this limiting belief. It might have been because of a, a bad relationship or it might have been because of a, a parent or a friend or whatever, but it's still my responsibility to change it because I can either play the victim and, and be disappointed with my outcome and just tell myself that, oh, it's just not for me and I can't do this, or I can look at the belief that I do want to have and do the work and change it. It's And it's, I think, when you push through and you do kind of overcome a limiting belief. It's one of the best ways to build confidence. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the best example of that has come from some of our community members who, as you said, as a child, maybe they were at the back of the pack mm -hmm. in the, um, what are they called? The runs in school? Cross country. Cross country. And, you know, then maybe they started to play sport and decided to sit out because they weren't comfortable running. And then so as an adult now, they just can't even envision them being a runner. And then they start maybe the running program and they may get to 5K. And then they just, they don't necessarily become a runner or like think I'm going to go run a marathon now. But what mm -hmm. they've done is then prove to themselves that I can actually change my mindset around something and reach this goal. Yeah. And then one community member did that and then was like, you know what? I've never stepped foot in a gym. Now I'm going to do the lift program because I've proved to myself I once thought I could never run yeah. and I've mm -hmm. done that now. So now I'm going to challenge another thing that I, has held me back for so long mm -hmm. and do So it's like... Once it's, you do it once, yeah. it's just, it's almost like, okay, this is how I can build on my confidence. I just have to challenge these these yeah. beliefs. It unlocks this part of your brain mm. that goes, I actually am capable of so much more of what I've been telling myself for the last five, 10 years or whatever it is. And that builds momentum. And that momentum is a really powerful thing. As you said, we see this one outcome that we haven't experienced, even though I've been wanting it for so long. And we look at the fact that this happened because I changed this belief and I just addressed this uncomfortable thing and mm. I did the work and, and here it is. What's next? Mm. And, and that's when it does get exciting because we literally just are constantly evolving. Like the version of yourself from a year ago doesn't have to be, like most likely isn't that version of yourself now. So it's because something went a certain way in the past or does not mean that that's going to happen again. But if we're telling ourselves that it will, 
then it well, will because I'm a big believer in like what you focus on is what you get more of. So if I'm focused and I'm always talking to myself in a negative way and I'm on this like low frequency and I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with reasons as to why these outcomes aren't going to happen the way that I want them to or I'm talking about stuff that I don't want to happen, then I'm going to experience more of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I start thinking and talking and focusing on the things that I do want and the person I do want to be and trying to stay away from like talking about stuff that I don't want, then most likely I'm going to experience a much better thing. And I'll just use one more analogy because I think this is a really powerful one. And this doesn't just apply for like the goals or the um, intention side of things. This is literally just every day to the point where, you know, we should be having a really good day every day for no absolute reason, right? So if you think of your birthday, most people enjoy their birthday, right? This episode is on my birthday. Happy birthday, Steph. (laughs) Happy birthday, Steph. Um, so <laughs> most people enjoy their birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, time. Steph. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot to bring a gift actually. <laughs> but when you think about it, your birthday may be a Monday. You could have a boring day at work and it might be horrible weather outside and you had a bad sleep and you'll enjoy the whole day. You will enjoy doing all the stuff that you don't usually really enjoy doing and you'll feel really good and, you know, good things will tend to happen for you. People will be polite and all the rest of it. And you get to the end of the day and you're like, oh, it was an awesome day. Nothing even really happened. Once you realize that that's absolutely no different to any other day, because the only reason you had a good day that day is because you decided and you told yourself that I should have a good day. It's my birthday, but hate to tell you, but no one really cares that it's your birthday, (laughs) right? People, people will obviously people close to you will will make your day great and will make you feel good, but they're not going around going like, oh, geez, I hope they're having a great day today. I'm sure they are, not random. But like, I I mean, like that's every other day. But that's literally the only reason why you've had such a great day. Yeah. In comparison to any other Monday that's bad weather and boring day at work and you've had a bad sleep. So once you realize that, it's like, wow, maybe tomorrow I'll just tell myself that. Today's going to be awesome. Mm. Like I'm going to have a great day or like every day should feel good. And and the only difference is because you've literally intentionally chosen to feel good and you've Mm. kept your focus on the good things. Like on your birthday, you're not going to get bogged down by someone's negative comment or you're not going to really care about all these little things or getting stuck in traffic Mm. like you would every other day. And then you go to yourself, well, sh- I'm uh, responsible for for how, like what, I, what my experience is. I just got to keep putting my intention and my focus on how I want to feel and I most likely will experience that. That is the energy that we are taking into 2023. Yep. We're bringing birthday. <laughs> Everyone's wow. turning 30, Back to the guys. <laughs> Everyone's turning that 30. That we are taking into 2024, <laughs> it's that energy. It's your birthday every day energy. It's and it's day. right. Mm. It's setting. It's, it's what you said about we are not, it's not our fault of everything that's happened to us, but we're responsible for it. Thank you, Dan. You Thank are you. you are the king. I have to say, reaffirm, yeah. king status. Get another badge. I can go home after king. this and tick off my my yearly goal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. We Thank appreciate you, you very very much. Appreciate you both. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to get involved in the KickPod, <laughs> you can. We have got a KickPod Instagram where you can send us a DM about your thoughts on the podcast some questions, some stories that happened to you. (laughs) Honestly, whatever you want to send in, we would love to see and read it and hear it and chat to you. And that is at KickPod on Insta. We would also appreciate your following. If you would like to support the podcast, come and follow that account. (laughs) That is where we'll be sharing 
a lot of this kind of content. So we hope you guys enjoy that. If you want to learn more about Kick, the Kick app, we have a website, kickapp.com, or you can head to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and download our app. We have a seven-day free trial if you'd like to check out the app. And we're also on Instagram at laura.henshaw and at Smith. And you can find us over on TikTok as well at Kick. But we'll be back in your ears very soon. Bye.